0: Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong.
2: Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. I am Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights and Nicole I know we have no time to waste because we have a big time guest here on the line, and I will let you take it from here.
0: Love to welcome Tipa Snow today. She is an occupational therapist, an owner and lead consultant for Positive Approach of Care, and we are so lucky to have you on the show today, Tipa. You are somebody that I know you book out years in advance. So to <laughs> be able to be given the gift of some of your time this this day today, I am incredibly grateful for that.
3: Uh, I'm. Really- really glad to be here because part of what we do is really trying to make sure that people get what they need before they need it. So even though they don't like the idea of of having dementia in their life, if it's happening, it's so much better to be prepared than to be unaware. It turns out so, you know, it's a great opportunity to sort of reach out to people who may not be in the know yet. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Definitely. So you are pretty much internationally renowned for your positive approach to care when uh, working with an individual with a cognitive impairment. Talk to us a little bit about that. And if you could, for those listening who may be caregivers for a loved one with a cognitive impairment, let's try to give them a few gems to have a successful day today.
3: Yeah. So one of the big differences, number one. Do they notice the difference, or are you the one that's noticing the difference? So it's really important to recognize from the very get-go that one of the signals and symptoms of having a cognitive impairment is that you might have damage in the part of your brain that allows you to be aware that you're changing. And if that part of your brain is broken, um, and it's in the prefrontal cortex and the executive control, and it's it's your ability to look at yourself in a situation and go, yeah, I can handle this, or, ooh, I, I don't know if I can handle this, I think I need help. And so what can happen is a person who's living with dementia could have damage in that area, and they think they're fine. I don't need you telling me what to do. I'm fine. I don't know why you keep saying I'm having problems. I'm not having problems. You're the one that's driving me nuts. (laughs) And so (laughs) it's like, oh, wait a minute. But no, you're the one with a problem. And if I keep pushing my agenda, which is something's wrong with you, and instead I look at myself in the mirror as as the person who cares about you and says, wow, they don't get what I get. They're missing it. Then I need to take a step back and recognize the person who's going to have to change to match their changing ability um, is me. So I've got to quit pointing out what they can't see and say, wow, so you're feeling like I'm bothering you, I'm interfering, and I'm not helping. I am so sorry because all I meant to do was try to help. So this is a real important feature Is that from the very beginning There's two groups The group that does have awareness of change And the group that doesn't And mm-hmm. it's not because they're not trying It's not denial Right It's brain failure And, and that's a really hard thing To wrap our heads around sometimes
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah You know, uh, in working with so many Hundreds of family caregivers Myself over the years it's, And it's incredibly difficult As a family member When uh-huh. you're already carrying All the baggage Of all the things that have gone on In a family, right? Because there's really no such thing it's a mm-hmm. functional family. At least never I have one mm. witnessed. Um, yeah, the little magic family that everybody wants to have had. It's the, the, none of fa- us do. the Facebook family. <laughs> you know, the, the Facebook family that looks like yeah, everything's We're making
3: perfect. this one up, but we want everybody to think exactly. this. This is
0: what everybody wants, right? Exactly. Cool. But, you know, it's, it's really hard not to take it personally. And I think it, it, it can be so incredibly exhausting.
3: Yeah, because actually in the very beginning the older memories are very clear, very sharp, and so they become weapons for each of us mm-hmm. because they're emotional. And emotional memories will come flying up out of the recesses of our brains as if it happened very recently. So I might say things like, you've always liked Mary better. Mm-hmm. So do you want me to get her? Well, she's not even here and I'm the one who's carrying the heavy load. She doesn't even call you mom. And so I start using it as a weapon because I'm, I'm still feeling the Pain of being what I considered second best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's that old stuff that pops up, but it's coming from our primitive brain. And so, one of the other messages I try to help families really look and see is you got to take care of you, and you've got to recognize when you need a break or a pause or a time out or a time away before you do something that could impact the emotional memory both for you and the person you're trying to help for the future. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing people living with dementia can do is form new emotional memories, but they won't remember the details of it.
0: Right. They remember how you made them feel, but they don't remember yeah, why so they feel that then way.
3: Then I'm accusing, yeah, so I start accusing you of stealing things and taking things without permission and getting in my business. Like, you you, you remember how you you stole the car and it's like, mom, I never stole the cart. Remember, we agreed since you weren't using it, you were going to give it to your, your grandson. I never agreed to that. And what it is, is the mix up of how you're making me feel with, with things that happened. And I start misremembering. It's called confabulation. Mm -hmm. And so in those moments going, oh my gosh. So, oh, so you were thinking I stole it. God, I don't, I didn't I thought, I thought we agreed to something. Mom, I am so sorry, that should never happened like that. Now, in fact, it did not happen like that, but I've gotta have the brain power to go, wow, her brain is really distressed and upset. Rather than fight back with emotion, I'm gonna go, wow, I had no idea about that. I, I really thought we had talked about it and you had agreed to it, I am so sorry. Because by doing that, I'm saying I let go of reality as it is, and we deal with what you think the reality is because I can't fix your brain.
0: You know, one of the things that you said a little earlier on the conversation about the uh, family caregiver really trying to keep their cup full is so incredibly Mm. important. You know, I think some of the biggest challenges, there there are challenges all along this entire journey, but the early on challenges are so incredibly emotional because you're dealing with this. How do I navigate conversations and not set somebody off and and that sort of thing? And a lot of times people don't really view themselves as a family caregiver unless they're providing that physical hands-on care. And I I talk to families all the time about really getting in that habit of building in time for yourself before you Mm -hmm. need it. I personally was a caregiver twice and I would Uh sit here and I'm saying what I know you need to do and I did not do it because I, you know, I'm a superhero and suddenly I would splat up against the wall and slithered down and I had had already told everybody in the world no so many times about I've got this, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then suddenly Uh when I wasn't fine, there was nobody around.
3: Yep. Because they said, okay, fine. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they backed off. But then you thought, well, now I'm all alone. I'm doing this all by myself. And so that sense of I'm being smothered, I'm all alone. And I'm resentful. We feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And if we feel it, imagine if you thought you still had all the skills you did and people are telling you you need help and it's like, I'm fine. And, and we keep trying to do it the way we want to do it rather than a way that's helpful. So if you know someone who's doing family caregiving, one of the things to realize is they don't have awareness in that moment they need the help. Mm-hmm. So if you're a friend of someone, so this backs the circle off a little bit. And rather than expecting family caregiver who's already overwhelmed with just taking on new jobs and new responsibilities and thinking they're fine doing those, when in fact, they aren't, and you can sort of see that, but they don't yet mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. What we could do is get your thumb out and, and do a thumbs up with your with your fist closed, and then do a thumbs neutral and then do a thumbs down. And then if you're my really good friend, I'd say, so, Nicole, on a scale of 1 to 10, thumbs up, thumbs neutral, thumbs down about how your stress level is right now. How are you doing with your stress level? 'Cause I you're doing fine. a lot. I'm oh fine. my lord, you are you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Tell me two things that are going really well then. Not so much. And what's one thing you wish for a little different? Time. Ah, uh, so you wish you had a little more time. Here's what I'm gonna propose. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna come over and I'm gonna spend ten minutes in your house. Ten minutes. Can you block ten minutes for us to get together? I'm going to ask you for 10 minutes as a friend. Mm-hmm. Because what we can often get family caregivers to do is give one more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what I'm actually doing is setting it up so you get a break. And when I come over, I bring your favorite tea, your favorite coffee, your favorite thing from Starbucks or wherever it is. And we sit for a few minutes and I say, I I know you're doing really well, but um, but i'm wondering if there's a possibility next time i come over and i want to schedule this regularly you you could head out and just take a walk for 10 minutes while i stay in the house is is that possible
0: yeah, yeah. And, and it's all about the way you word it. You know, I, you know it's, really, yeah. it's really hard as human beings. We are sort of hardwired to just handle oh. it all and to take it all. And we've got this. Mm-hmm. And nope, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give up. And I'm not going to say die. And, you know, so it feels very vulnerable to admit that you're having it a does. moment of weakness.
3: Yeah, I'm asking you for a big favor. And so framing things with, I'm asking you for a favor. Mm-hmm. I want to spend time with your mom could you do me a big favor and go for a walk so I can get a chance to be with her and just see how it goes with us? Yep. So now I'm asking you for a favor. And what that means is you still get to be the giver of rather than having to be the receiver of. And for people who want to succeed in care, that's a real important distinction for them because then it feels like, so you still see me as worthy. You still see me as equal. You don't see me as needy. And for people who want to put their cape on, okay, let's see if you can get this cape on then.
2: That's such a smart approach because it gives you flexibility to accommodate any type of individual that you may be dealing with in that situation. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. We've got Tipa Snow here on the line. She is an occupational therapist and owner and lead consultant with Positive Approach of Care. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF joined by Nicole Cleggett from transitions guiding lights here's your host Jason Kong you're
2: listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care it's your life your care here on news radio 680wptF Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett and we have Tipa snow on the line she is an occupational therapist and owner and lead consultant with positive approach of care we're talking all about positive approaches to care with someone who may be dealing with a cognitive impairment. And Nicole, during the break, we were mentioning how this might be a very timely discussion.
0: I think this is an incredibly important thing to talk about, especially with the holiday season upon us, because this is when family really starts Ooh. coming around and it gets so stressful mm-hmm. as a family caregiver because you feel like you want to keep up the appearances and the way things have always been and, and piling on all those obligations. Oh, on
3: top. and this is where you'll also get people who parachute in and say, you know, what, I think we should get everybody together for one last time. It's like, I cannot tell you what a bad idea that is, mm. um, because what we're going to do is inundate a person who's marginally capable of managing the environment and the world and the people as they exist, and now we're going to dump a whole bunch of unfamiliar people in an unfamiliar place doing an unfamiliar thing, even though to us it feels part of tradition. To the individual who's making it through a day it's like, well, let's load more stuff on the plate. And it's like, how about if we do smaller groups for shorter visits and we space them out a little bit? Because, frankly, it would be so much more helpful to them, not even to me as a care person, but to the person we're trying to support to see small amounts of small numbers of people rather than all of us gathering around them and overwhelming them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also, I think, a really good time for family caregivers uh, to mm-hmm. sort of set the stage, especially when you have some of those helicopter family members or parachuting family mm-hmm. members. I've heard somebody say the word seagull caregivers where they come in and they're just sort of like pecking at you because, you know, when they come yep. in and they suddenly see, well, this isn't the way I would do that, and this isn't the way I would do that, and you should do this, and you, you know, should do that.
3: This is a new. You should get this. This is what you
0: should do. You know, mom, 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 mom. Mom's fine. It's like, not like how you're making out to be. Look at her. She looks great.
3: Yeah, because it's called the honeymoon. Yeah. 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 And then that evening, she totally, dad totally crashes. Meltdown. And is trying to, you know, find mom who's been gone for, you know. And so what people don't realize is when you use brain chemistry and somebody's living with a brain change like dementia, it doesn't rebuild itself You know, with just a little breast break, it can actually be empty for a while. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we have what we call catastrophic reactions, where a person now suddenly needs to get to the house, and the house is in Minnesota, and you live in North Carolina, and it's like, what are they talking about? Well, well, they're talking about brain disaster. Yeah. Essentially.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and even just any, like any one of us, right? I mean, everybody mm-hmm. sort of always ramps up around the holidays. You and I, with hopefully yep. no cognitive impairment. We're kind of, when we're visiting family, we are, everyone's sort of on their best behavior and everything's great and rosy. Mm-hmm. And then we all crash mm-hmm. by the time we get back to our hotel that night, right? Because it's like, all right. Absolutely. Too much peopling. So the same thing happens with a person with a cognitive impairment, except they don't have the ability to cope with it the way you and I do. And yeah. we all we still have meltdowns, too, frankly. (laughs) Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And we feel the people we feel the safest with will be the ones we tend to melt down on. Right. Um, And so it's the one that's there every day that's taking the heat because it's like um, even the person living with dementia knows the difference between a different person and the familiar person. So a familiar person is safer to basically let go on. And the person who's unfamiliar, you want to keep your cover on if you can. Um, And so they look great when everybody else is around, but then when it's just you, you shouldn't have invited all these people. Who who, who are you to bring them in my house? This is my house. And it's like, yikes. Okay, mom, I'm so sorry. Um, You're absolutely right. I had no right to do this, but But, I never did. You were the one who asked them to come.
0: (laughs) 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 I'll say that,
3: but you can think it.
0: There there are two recent ideas that I've come across that I I think... uh, can work in some family situations. The first is, and both have to do with writing. So sort of Mm -hmm. writing a letter before family arrives to set the stage, to let everybody know kind of where mom's at, what's been going on, how I'm doing, how we're all doing, so that everybody, because people sometimes do feel uncomfortable. Not everybody's ready to work with somebody with a cognitive impairment, and they don't know what to expect, especially when grandkids are involved in that thing. And then then the other piece of it, which I thought was really interesting, especially when you're dealing with being burnt out as a family caregiver, is actually Mm -hmm. taking the time to send a thank you note to those who actually came who don't typically come to let them know mm-hmm. how this impacted mom by them being there mm-hmm. and how it helped you. And that yep. might potentially reinforce, you know, can, the behavior can you, you wanted to see. Can you come and visit yeah. more often? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, she really enjoyed her, even her Zoom call with you. Yeah, You know, having the kids on Zoom was so cool for her because she could watch them and she didn't have to keep track of them. So you know what, that was so wonderful because she so enjoyed the Zoom time with you, and yet when you come, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like that because she yells at the kids. So even helping them understand why the Zoom works so much better for her than the in-person visits where the kids are moving around through her environment and she gets anxious and nervous, where when she watches them playing with toys on the floor on the Zoom, she can go, they're so cute. Oh, my God. Now, exactly. which, what, what, which one is that? Yeah. And that is so much safer for her to be able to view them. And, and that's hard because it feels like, but I want her to see them in person. And it's like it's so hard sometimes for her to have children going quickly and loudly and shrilly yeah. in her space. Yeah. And And I want you to please make them part of her life, but let's do it in a way that works well for both of them and us. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned sending the letter ahead of time, one of the things we have at Positive Approach is rather than talking about global deterioration and just the losses of dementia, I came up with a model that talks about gems and people being in a gem state, a certain gem state. And so you could be in a diamond state or an emerald or an amber or a ruby or a pearl state. And for each of those, we have information about what kind of things are you seeing and hearing and what are they doing and what are they not doing and sort of what are some supportive things we can do so that we could talk about, you know, mom's pretty much in a ruby state now most of the time. So, and then sharing the information about what does that mean. So, we talk about a ruby state rather than mom's pretty severely demented right now. And, you know, what she can do, though, is she can still sing the the songs of the holiday. She can still remember the passages of her faith in the holiday mode, and she can still do the ritual prayer or the familiar prayer. So let's plan something like that uh, with a short ritual or getting together, or she still enjoys sweets, but she doesn't really like she can't chew very well, but she does enjoy. So we start to come up with what is possible versus what's missing. So, yeah, we can highlight where things are. But the reason I came up with the gems is to have a language that's inclusive, to have a language that's positive. Mm-hmm. So we're not just thinking about loss to everything.
0: So finding bliss in the mass, as Irma Bombeck would say.
3: Bingo. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. So
0: I absolutely love talking with you and I want to give you an opportunity for those listening um, there is an amazing opportunity coming up uh, this coming week actually to see TIPA in person and to get some of this really crucial information to help you better care for your loved one. It's going to be the inaugural PAC conference it's the positive approach of care conference. Dementia is a state of mind. It's going to be Monday November 18th and Tuesday November 19th at the Embassy Suites by Hilton in Care Talk to us a little bit about what this conference is going to look like, Tipa.
3: So we have people coming from all over the world. Um, We have people coming from across Canada and the U.S. Um, Some people have been certified in our work and are doing work. So we have people who are working in home care, in community care, in facility or residential care. We have people who are providing services across the spectrum and people who are supporting one another. Uh, we have people living with dementia who are going to be co-presenting and presenting with me and presenting with others. Uh, we have couples and we have families and we have professionals and we're working at wherever people are from the very beginning awareness through advanced care programs provision. So I'm doing some VIP sessions where people have advanced skills already, and we're working on fine-tuning their skill at dealing with really challenging situations, maybe someone who's living with frontal temporal dementia, who has real challenges with comprehension of any kind of verbal information and sequencing problems, and how do we help them do things in a way that's not confrontational or frustrating for both of us. So we're doing some specialized sessions, but we're also doing some very basic sessions of how do you get started when you suspect what you're looking at as a dementia and how do you find the supports for you and for your person and from people living with dementia hearing their side of the story like what happens when you do have some awareness but then you don't understand what what's going on exactly how do you get what you need and how do people around you help Versus make it worse. So we're doing a variety of sessions to try to get people to a better place so that when they leave that conference, they're feeling empowered and they're feeling energized and they feel like, aha, so I've got something new that I can try out and do to make a difference. So why Raleigh first? Well, I'm from North Carolina. And quite frankly, uh, I was with the Alzheimer's Association in Eastern North Carolina for, oh, years. And it's my home base. And so I believe strongly that, you know, where you come from, you should support. And so this is our opportunity to bring people together in the Raleigh-Durham area, because we have a great space and a great location, and we have great people around us. And we want to build from here outward. And so this is our great opportunity to bring people together um, in a central space, in a home space. And asked ask me, North Carolina is a great place to be. <laughs> it sure
0: is. Um, yeah. So, so, you
3: know, that's really a big piece of it.
0: So for those who want more information, you can go to TIPA's website at tipasnow.com, and they are still accepting registrations. Again, the conference is coming up next week on November 18th and 19th at the NBC Suites in Cary, North Carolina. TIPA, thank you so very much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on. You
3: are so welcome. Thank you for having me because, as you say, aging matters and so does dementia.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Tifa. <Teepa.
2: laughs> bye bye. Thank you so much, Tifa Snow, occupational therapist and owner and lead consultant with Positive Approach of Care. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters Care and Comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, Care
2: and Comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with the lovely Nicole Cleggett. You know, we talk a lot about caregiving, and a lot of times people don't find us or think about caregiving until they're thrown into a crisis or a situation that they're not prepared for and you know you're you're scrambling so hard to do this and it's hard to be prepared for what you may be in for as a caregiver and the the levels of care that your loved one may need.
0: Exactly. And especially if we're talking about um, an illness that is probably not going to be short-term, more of like a Mm long-term illness, such as a dementia diagnosis. And oftentimes as caregivers, we really underestimate the length of time we're going to be caring for someone, the degree to which we're going to be caring for someone, and then how those needs change over time. So I'm super excited today to be talking to Gina Murray, who is the founder and director of Aware Senior Care, and they are a private duty in-home care company right here in the Triangle serving older adults in our community and their caregivers. So welcome, Gina.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here.
0: So I know that you work a lot with uh, families who are caring for older adults with a cognitive impairment. Talk to us a little bit about what you find um, that they're discovering as they finally reach out to need some assistance?
4: Well as you alluded to many times the families that come to us they're in a crisis. Mm -hmm. Something has happened they may have had the dementia diagnosis for a couple years but everything was fine. (laughs) Going along fine they had a little bit of support but then you know they left the pot burning on the stove, mom walked outside in her bed clothes um, and they're kind of like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So they're in a crisis, and we uh, we need to step in and see what we can do to help them. And we know, you know, typically most people want to age in place
0: wherever they call home. And a lot of times families are really in support of making that happen. What do you think we should be doing as a society, Gina, to really prepare ourselves for the needs of the older adults in our lives? Because I really don't think we give a lot of thought to what folks are going to need in the future. We just basically kind of all go along in our happy little rosy ways and, and not really think about, number one, that we're aging and number two, that our parents are
4: aging. Right. And and there's things you can put in place now um, at, at any age If you're looking at your home, even if you're in your 50s or 60s, you don't consider yourself old, but you can look. Do you have wide enough doorways if something happened and you needed a wheelchair? Um, Access, are you on one level? Just different things that you can put in place. Uh, Do you live where you can take public transportation if you can no longer drive? Can you walk to the supermarket? So there's things you have to think about now before before something happens
0: and I think we're just basically wired to really not want to see what's going on with our loved ones or or perhaps we just aren't educated enough just because there's so much to understand about the aging process and and people oftentimes will notice things going on with their loved ones like that they're isolating themselves as they're becoming forgetful or they're forgetting to pay a bill people are just you know thinking well that's just normal for a person who's aging
4: but the reality of it is is a lot of these things are not that's true. And the things, the changes happen are so subtle, and you can kind of chalk it off to, oh, well, mom just forgot that. Or my husband, he usually gets lost when he's driving. The changes that happen are so subtle that you don't even realize um, that, they're, that these are going on. It could be a friend who hasn't seen them for a while, or a family member that comes from out of town, hasn't seen this person in six months. That, when did this happen? And you're talking, what, when did what happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and the folks with dementia do a really good job early on covering up. Yeah, they're working so hard to to not let anybody know that they're struggling.
0: And they're scared. I mean, I think where it really, really comes down to as a as as a human race is that we are a to survive no matter what. So whatever right. we have to do to pull ourselves into the core of our being to make sure that we're going to keep on plugging along, we do.
4: And then there's the whole issue of losing control. Right, and they don't want to admit when they get a diagnosis, if I say it out loud, then it's true. And if I never admit that I have dementia, or I'm having forgetfulness, then it's not gonna happen. It's the um, putting your head in the sand. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, and I'll I'll be the first one to say, I'll do that with my little minor ailments as they go along. Oh, this tooth kind of hurts. Oh, I think I'll be fine. Oh, it feels better this week. I'm fine. There really probably isn't a cavity there. And then the next thing you know, you could have dealt with a little filling and now you need a root canal. I mean, and that's just, unfortunately, that's the truth. A small That's... example of how we handle things in our lives. Most of us, um, you know, then you have the other end of the people that go to the doctor when they have a pimple on their face, and, <laughs> right. but, but most of us are not wired
4: that way. We're not, we're not. We're like, it'll go away. And, and unfortunately dementia won't. It's mm-hmm. it. Everybody's journey is unique. Um, but it's gonna progress one way, unfortunately. So what are some of the things that you hear from family members
0: when they're first calling into AWARE Senior Care, reaching out for help? Kind of what gets them to that
4: breaking point? Um, like I said, usually it's a crisis or they're just exhausted, mentally or physically exhausted. Um, it's not uncommon for people with dementia to have their days and nights flipped. So their spouse, their loved one is up all night. And so the person caring for them is sleep deprived. And then they're trying to maintain the house. They're still trying to work. So they've just gotten to the point of complete exhaustion and then they finally reach out to you.
0: And a lot of times I'm sure when they're reaching out to you, they still haven't even broached this topic to that family member. So what's some advice that you can give to families listening right now that might be saying, yeah, this is sounding an awful lot like what's going on in my life. How do you have that difficult
4: conversation with a loved one? We'll we'll talk to the family. We do um, meet in their house to see the environment. And what I'll tell a loved one is, you know, this can be help for you, not necessarily your husband who has dementia. You know, we provide support because you need help, some help with the household tax, tasks. Um, so it's not his caregiver, it's assistance for the family. Um, we can also say, will you allow this person to be here so that your wife is comfortable going out? And they're just going to make the meals and do the cleaning so she won't have to do those things when she gets back. Mm-hmm. And they're, um, they're more accepting that way. I'll I'll do this for the person that's taking care of me, the person that I love. I'll do it for them.
0: Exactly, instead of doing it for yourself. And, and that's one of the big tips that we give folks at Transitions Guiding Lights is when we're talking to the families. You know, sometimes that, that person, I don't care if they're 95 years old, they're just not ready to receive that care. They're never going to be the consumer mm-hmm. of care. They, they've always got this. But if you can have an open conversation and discuss your feelings with that individual as that family member and just let them in a little bit, not to make them feel guilty, but help them understand how this is impacting you and how this would help you, then a lot of times that person is a lot more willing. And frankly, a lot of older adults are still very, very concerned about leaving money for their children. And so they're so worried about tapping into that little nest egg that they have to provide care for themselves.
4: Right. And but, and they and they want to leave for their loved ones, so they'd rather suffer. Right. They, they're like, oh, I don't want to spend this money. This I don't is want for to for you. Do this. Right. This is going to be for you. You know, we've had adult children say, but I, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to lose my <laughs> livelihood because I keep skipping work, you know, to go to doctor's appointments because there's been a crisis, because there's been a fall. And so we'll say, I'll, when we meet with families, we'll say, tell us, you know, Tell us how, what your day is like and describe this. And they'll say, oh, that's okay, my daughter does that. Oh, that's okay, my son does that. But are they leaving work to do it? Do they have children? You know, are they missing things in their own children's lives? That, you know, let us do some of the tasks and let your children be family again.
2: That's a great point. We've got Gina Murray here in the studio. She is founder and director of Aware Senior Care, and we're going to continue our conversation with her right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong.
2: You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with the lovely Nicole Cleggett. Ah, that's right. See, see, I'm a quick learner, Nicole. I I know my place. And we've got a special guest here in the studio, and that is Gina Murray. She's founder and director of Aware Senior Care. And we're talking about some unexpected items and occurrences that folks may not think of when they're in a caregiving situation. Caregiving situation, dealing with someone with uh, an Alzheimer's or dementia diagnosis, Nicole and I know the we're knee deep in this conversation, and we've got uh, another segment here, so let's get right back to it.
0: Yeah, so you know, I think one thing that people perhaps underestimate is really the changing roles. When you're a family caregiver and you have a loved one who becomes um, incapacitated by an Alzheimer's diagnosis or a dementia diagnosis and your roles suddenly have to change, um, that can really be overwhelming.
4: It really can. I, um, I have a dear friend whose wife has Alzheimer's and what surprised him the most was he was so focused on what what she would need in her care and he realized he had never done the laundry. He had never made the shopping lists and made all the meals. They had traditional yep. husband and wife roles for you know the forty years they've been married, <laughs> exactly. and he's this is exhausting running a household. (laughs) At least the kids are out. That's right, their kids were grown, but he
0: was like, wow, this is a lot. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming. I mean, just picturing my own life, you know, we have a farm in Johnston County and I'm like, we have something were to happen to my husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been on the tractor a couple of times (laughs) as far as that
4: goes. You ready to take
0: that over? No, not so much. I haven't unlocked the chicken coop before. I don't even know (laughs) where that key is. But but the reality of it is on top of worrying about that loved one and providing that care, then you really have to figure out. You know, how am I going to maintain the household in the way that it was? And then, of course, you know, you know, me now in my 40s thinking about that. That's one thing. But if I were in my 70s, that would be a whole other ball of wax. Right.
4: Right. It's and it's really hard. You know, the older we get, it's harder to learn new things. And yeah. You may not want to do that. Exactly. So <laughs> I may want to binge watch something on Netflix
0: that day. That's right. <laughs> not that's that I right. get to do that that often, but it's it's a thought. You know, th- I think another thing that we often underestimate, and sometimes we bring up, but it's super important, is the real the grieving process. You know, it's similar to somebody with a traumatic brain injury. You know, they don't wear their injury on the outside. They're not walking around with a sling, right? right. Uh, so their, their, their injury is really inside of their brain, and, and their loss is really inside of their brain. So that person may look okay, and he may even talk okay, seemingly, you know, at, at first blush, But that family member is really grieving and it's a very, very, very long goodbye. And one of the things that I often talk to families about is is really a part of that grieving process where the very first stage is where that individual has the dementia and they realize that there's something wrong and different and difficult about it. That's really the most difficult part for them because they're spending a lot of time trying to cover it up. They're scared to death about the loss the future losses that they're going to have and then when we move into those middle stages and those later stages that's the hardest time for the family when they are you know forgetting loved ones names and really needing that physical care and all that support and they're, they're a shell of who they once were
4: right it's um, it's really difficult um, my mother-in-law does have dementia and it's hard when people say she looks wonderful and she does Um, but you can't see that her brain is broken on the inside and, and she no longer recognizes her grandchildren, Mm -hmm. um... She still recognizes my husband, which is nice, but it's, it's painful, it's painful to watch. And it's just, and everybody's journey is unique. It's, that's the, I think that's the hardest part. If you know one person with dementia, you know one person That's with right. Dementia. We're
0: all so different, <laughs> right? It's, it's true. It's We're all quirky so. in our own ways.
4: <laughs> yeah. I really, I always recommend getting support, joining a support group, even having someone to talk to. My friend, doesn't want a support group, but he does have a friend who has a spouse. Mm -hmm. And they just, they have that mutual time together that they can just say, I understand. And you know, the other piece of all this is is there is so
0: much information out there on the web. And I often caution people, um, a lot of people after they go through a dementia journey with a loved one, to your point, it was one person with dementia, and these were the right. tricks and tips that worked with that person, may not work for your loved one. So you need to be very, very careful when people are out there blogging and posting about right. you know, what they do, that it's actually something that is typically accepted and reasonable to care for that individual with dementia. So we like to often say that we really need to stick to that. some of those main websites, like the right. Dementia Alliance, like right. Alzheimer's Association, the Mayo
4: Clinic, Johns Hopkins, some of those real reputable organizations right we that that's really good advice cuz you can get o- information overload mm-hmm. or well my neighbor said this and like you said well stick to the people the the real resources that know
0: and to your friend you know who doesn't particularly care to go to a support group support groups are very tricky you know i've been running them for my entire career and um Similar to having children, you know, you, you get you find out you're pregnant. You you'd fall into two camps. You are either the type of person who wants to know everything to expect as soon as that sperm and egg gets fertilized, all the way to what does the afterbirth look like, and you want to know day one. Where other people literally want to only know what's going to happen the next day or that day, and they don't That's... want to know all that information down the road. So support groups can be very scary to people if they walk into one where it's a bunch of people that have loved ones with various different parts, phases of the disease pro- process. And so you really need to know who you are. And then right. reaching out to organizations that have the support groups, it's okay to ask, you know, what types of family members are in the support group? What stages uh-huh. are their loved ones in? Because support groups can be very, very beneficial, but they can also scare
4: people off if it's not the right fit for you. That's a, good, that's a really good point. And talking about the right fit, when you're looking at um, families – caregivers, different adult children, spouses, everybody has a different ability in caregiving. Um, I might be very comfortable giving my mother a shower, doing personal care, or my sister's like, no, I'll handle the bills, but I am not helping with any of the personal care. So not assuming that everybody can play every role right. in the caregiver. Well, they've got this huge family, why aren't they helping? Right. People need to help in their own way.
0: Exactly, and you know, another thing that you know, we often run into as family caregivers is that superhero mentality where you've got your cape on and you've got this and you're gonna handle this and you're doing fine for a while there. But at some point there is not an infinite amount of energy you have to put forth in caregiving and you're gonna smack and hit a wall. So it's super important, even in the very beginning stages of your caregiving journey, to really build in that time for yourself. Whether or not you need it on in the first weeks of your caregiving journey is really doesn't matter. If you don't build it in, it's just like Building in an exercise routine, it's never gonna happen. And consider that exercise for your mental health. Allow people to help you in the beginning when that diagnosis happens and people are rallying around you because after a while, if you keep saying no, it's not that people are being mean. You've just said no a lot
4: and people aren't just gonna keep offering if you keep telling them no. Exactly. Exactly. And it's hard to say yes Mm -hmm. because you do feel like I can do this. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately we see um, the caregiver the one going down and then yep. you're really in crisis right so mm-hmm. we've had a family the husband took care of the wife until he had a stroke and then and then, then the whole family's in a crisis exactly
0: so talk to us a little bit about aware senior care kind of who you are uh, where you operate and how folks can get in t- contact with
4: you oh thanks so my husband tim and i started aware senior care um almost five years ago and it came out of um experience of taking care of our dads and wanting just wanting to do it a better way um, comes from a love of caregiving and that caregivers have to have the right heart as well as the right skills um, so we serve the triangle they can give us a call um, we have a website where seniorcare.com uh, we have if you want more information we're happy to do it we have skills, we have tools online to help you see where you are in your journey mm-hmm. so and you, you don't have to put your information in all, <laughs> all of that is easily accessible we will,
0: we're not going to call you we're not going to call you we'll
4: contact you if you'd like us to but um but please we have um a number of people in our village we love to support we're one piece of the pie that helps the seniors and um if we can't help you, we would love to help you find somebody who can. One piece that is often confusing for people
0: is kind of how these types of services get paid for. And so uh, typically private duty in-home care is a private pay scenario.
4: Right. Un- unless the, um, the client has purchased long-term care insurance mm-hmm. and qualifies under their policy. Um, so if they do have long-term care insurance, we can file everything and, and take care of it that way. But typically it's private pay. And folks can receive this care literally round the clock if needed. We do. We take care of folks 24-7.
2: Awesome. Yeah, that's great to know. Again, that website, awareseniorcare.com, awareseniorcare.com. The phone number, 919-436-1871, 919 919-436- 436 1871 Gina Murray founder and director of aware senior care thank you so much for coming in this evening
4: well thank you for letting me be here
2: we're out of time for tonight thank you so much for listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care on news radio 680 WptF have a wonderful night
1: you've been listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you on news radio 680 wptF for more information log on transitionslifecare.org